My name is Shelly, and I'm children's pastor here. And I get to tell a story about a great thing that God has done in children's ministry this year. It was a little bit hard to pick one story. Um, but the one I thought of is that we had our high school girls small group, one small group, came alongside our second through fifth grade discipleship program with parents and kids called Kingdom Builders. And these high school girls were looking for a service project once a month, and we were looking for extra help with our team. And I thought, what a cool thing for this multi-generational thing to happen and see all the age groups benefiting. I think it's really cool, but I asked one of our Kingdom Builders teachers to give her perspective, and so that's what I'm going to read. Having high school girls come alongside Kingdom Builders has been a huge energetic blessing. This is my favorite part. Let's face it, by Friday night, most moms are wiped out. So to have enthusiastic, fun, creative high school girls leading the activity and interacting with the second through fifth graders just adds a new spark to an already special time. So thankful that people of all ages serve and give of themselves to make us all stronger. So that was her perspective as a teacher. And then I asked for the small group leader of the girls to give her perspective from the high school side. And she said, working with Kingdom Builders has been a great experience for the 412 small group girls. Many of the girls have been on missions trips during the summer and come back to wonder how can they apply what they learn on the mission trip to their lives here in Bellingham. This has been a great opportunity to be able to work with kids younger than them and to be able to serve all the adult teachers as well. They've really taken ownership of doing the crafts, childcare, and setup. It's opened their hearts to be more like Jesus and finding a need and meeting it. This was just one opportunity to give back to the church, which has given so much to them. And these girls have come alongside and do hospitality and set up and organizing and crafts. Melanie, awesome job. So I'm thankful for this fun partnering of, that's multi-generational. Well, good morning. If we haven't met before, my name is Dan, and I have the privilege of working at Hillcrest with our middle school, high school students, leaders, families, which is a great joy. And I want to just take a moment and give you a brief report about what's going on with our youth ministry. First off, I'd like to let you know that we have approximately 30 adults who lead small groups, who help plan events, who do a bunch of things to make this ministry happen. Some of them are here today, so if you're here, we just stand up real quick so that we can just honor you for your investment. Thank you. Awesome. Well, what I'd like to just focus on for a moment today is our student leadership team. 1 Timothy 4.12 is what we've named our youth ministry after several years ago. I remember it clearly. We were sitting on, at, the, at Lake Whatcom in the grass with a group of students, and we were trying to figure out, what are we going to name our ministry? We were going to change it. It was time. And the name that we had spent months praying, processing, was 4.12. And it's based on this verse, 1 Timothy 4.12, that says... Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in your speech, in your life, in your love, in your faith, in your purity. And our students said, that's what we want to be like. And that's why we, uh, we talk about 412 and that when So if you ever hear that thrown around, that's where that comes from. When students who have grown up at Hillcrest start becoming 
in a part of youth ministry in sixth grade. By the time they get to be juniors and seniors, they've heard all of my jokes pretty much and have, uh, have been invested and poured into. And we believe it's time for them to turn around and to give back. And you might hear statistics that say, well, a lot of students, when they get to be out of high school or late in high school, they lose interest in youth ministry. And so what we worked on and put together years ago was a student leadership team where our juniors and seniors have a say and an input into what we do with our ministry. They have ownership. And there's one thing to say, well, you, we'd like to hear your ideas, but then not do it, right? Nobody likes to be in that situation, but to say, hey, we want your input because we want you to have ownership and pour into the younger students. And so it's amazing to see the heart and the investment that they're willing to make as they have the younger students in mind and their mindset turns from what can I get out of it to what I can give. So a couple things that we do have done so far this year with our student leadership team is they've helped us to figure out and plan where we're going on our summer mission trip which we've done for a few years, and they actually get to be a part of the process of praying and deciding where that is. And this summer, we're going to go to work in Los Angeles, Hollywood area again, which is a wonderful mission trip that we've done before. The other one, and I just want to close with, is this, is our winter camp. In the, in the wintertime, at the end of January, we do a winter retreat camp for our high school students. And a number of years ago, our juniors and seniors took ownership of that, and they are the ones that plan it. And so we guide them, and we work together as far as that goes. But they are responsible for, you know, what is the purpose? Why are we doing this camp? And one of the biggest things is that they want to leave a legacy for the younger students. And many of them who are in high school now, when they were freshmen and sophomores, they went to camp and saw older students who were sharing their testimonies, who were doing... um, leading activities and games and planning that, and they get excited about being able to do that for the younger students themselves. So things like sharing their testimonies, putting together an encouragement box where students write notes and leaders write notes to students so that they go home with several pieces of paper that have encouraging notes to activities. And one of my favorite moments is at the end of camp when we have our last service and the seniors and juniors, the student leaders come forward, and the other students and leaders like me come up and get prayed for and blessed by them. It's one of the most powerful moments. So I'd just like to say thank you to Leah, Rebecca, Dawson, Tristan, Anna, Emily, Jordan, and Rose for your investment in 412 and stepping up as leaders. And I think that's something to celebrate. So thank you. Hi, my name's Kathy, and I am one of the pastors here at Hillcrest. I look after small groups, women's ministry, hospitality stuff, and missions. And I've told, chosen to tell God stories about missions today because I saw God at work this year, 2015, in us through our missions, giving, and all the things we got to support Our faith promise budget for this last year was $6,000 a month, and by the end of the year, we consistently gave $7,696 per month to faith promise. Yeah, good job, Hillcrest Chapel. 
And with that amount, we were able to support all these people on the wall, our wall of fame, we call it. And so those are people we give to monthly from here. And that, that's mostly where that money goes to. But in addition to that, we added a three-year commitment to AIM, Agape International Ministries, Recovering People from Slavery. We sent Peter and Katie Duane to Mozambique. We're sending Sydney Stanley to the University of Vermont. We supported the team at Bellevue College. We've been waiting to support them. We were able to give them each money monthly for their campus ministry. Abby Lammers in campus ministry in Spain and Charles Gravely campus ministry in Brussels. And so good job. That's all. Those are new. Those are all new ones. In addition, when we, we let the church know last summer, that I let you know, remember that the short-term mission fund was low, and so anybody that's going two years on the field and under comes out of our short-term mission fee, um, fund. And when I told you that that fund was empty and that we'd like to fill it, $12,750 came in just to go into that. And out of that, we were able to send Allison and Weston Stover make a two-year two commitment, Brian and Catherine Beaudry to Jordan for two years, Hannah Bishop to Amsterdam for two years, Jeff and Jemily Jenkins to Nepal, Sandy Powell to Okinawa for five weeks, Bennett Niebel to YWAM for two years, Sarah Middlestadt, you're remembering these names, you guys, Sarah Middlestadt to Whatcom Community College, Corey Henson to YWAM, Katie Johnson to YWAM, Donald Boos to Papua New Guinea, Lyndon Figge, a continuation of her commitment uh, to count, or, uh, an outreach outdoor ministry in the great white north of somewhere back east. I don't even remember. It's one of Minnesota, Mississippi. No, not Mississippi, Wisconsin. One of those ones way up north that's cold. Um, Riley Takamura to YWAM, Sean, and Natalie Nelson to Young Life right here in our county. That's, that's short-term mission, and there's still money in there, by the way. Um, disaster relief fund this year, we sent 2000 to an AG church in Niger to rebuild their school and church building after a fire devastated them, 2000 to help support Syrian refugees through the AG Convoy of Hope, we sent money to Kidstown International in Nepal after the earthquake, and to India for flood relief, $1,000 went. Our local ministry funds, the things right here in our neighborhood or in this country, that are special needs, we sent. Uh, Gideon Bible chapter right here that give away Bibles in schools and outreaches. YWAM new in the new one in Linden, we helped support that startup. Mission Fest Seattle in Vancouver. Um, camp scholarships to Boston University campus, their winter retreat, and to Seattle outreach to special needs students who need a whole lot of money. Our campus ministry is there. We help send kids to camp. All of the people on the wall, the local prayer center, and in addition, at the end of the year, our hunger project, our final number, if you didn't catch it before, was $17,500. So we spent, sent almost $6,000 to Sri Lanka's feeding program, Agape International's feeding program, and the Lighthouse Mission here in town. So I hope what you see, that you see what I see in this list. It's pretty exciting, and what I see in this list is God at work in the hearts and minds and ministry of each one of us, and our response generously giving to support kingdom work all over the world, and I hope you 
bring glory to God through that. I know that you do. So good job, Hillcrest Chapel. So I am Cynthia Jensen, and I oversee our community services and help with pastoral care. And the last time I spoke with you, I was appealing to you, inviting you to participate in our holiday basket ministry. And I'm thrilled to report that we gave out 35 Thanksgiving baskets, way to go Hillcrest, and uh, 25 Christmas baskets. Um, Partway through it, I've heard quite it from back from just a few people who gave them. I've had people send me emails, and I'm going to share one with you. But you need to listen for these are the givers. These are the people who gave them. And listen for how they were so blessed as they went to be a blessing. So I'll read it. And this is one of our, we, I mean, our, our families and small groups here in this room give these baskets, but also our Campus Christian Fellowship people also give them. So this is from a core group leader up at Western. She says, Hi, Cynthia. I just wanted to thank you so much for coordinating the Thanksgiving baskets, and I wanted to share a little bit of my core's experience with you. Today, 10 of us got together to go shopping for the recovery house. Um, that's a local house of um, adults who are going, who are in some uh, phase of recovery from addictions. And um, uh, a little bird told me, a little bird in our church told me about the, um, they had a family member at this recovery house and they could use some extra support and help. So I put this out to this small group and said, would this be the kind, some people just want to give to the little, to families, which is fine, but this one was different. So um, before we started shopping, we pooled our money together, plus the money that was contributed by several girls who couldn't come shopping with us. And the total came out to be $158. We decided we would aim to keep our budget around 200, and two girls and I agreed we would pay for whatever the 158 didn't cover. We picked out all the food items they would need, plus some extra desserts, napkins, plates, tablecloth, gloves, and a, and a gorgeous bouquet. We estimated that it would end up costing a little under $200. We went through the checkout line with our three overflowing carts, and the total ended up being about $190, which was about what we expected. But then, when the coupons we had were added at the end, the final total came out to be $157.20. We had exactly enough cash to pay for everything with 80 cents to spare. It was so obvious to all of us that God was perfectly orchestrating this for us. How else could we have accidentally come up with the exact amount of money we needed? Then we got a hold of the person at the recovery house, and we were all able to go together to deliver the groceries this evening. We were all able to come inside the home, help them sort the groceries, and got to talk to her about the house and also about their prayer needs. She was so blessed and encouraged by us, and we were so blessed and encouraged to be able to help them make Thanksgiving a little more special for the residents of the recovery house. Before we left, we asked if we could help them out with any food or clothing needs for the Christmas season as well. She was extremely receptive to the idea and assured us she'd coordinate with us and let us know of any specific needs that arise throughout the month. After we left, I asked the girls how they'd feel about our core adopting the recovery house by consistently helping them out in any ways we can throughout the school year. It was totally unanimous. Everyone is 100% on board with the idea. 
We all felt such a strong connection to the recovery house, and we really got a sense of how great their need is for love and support. We're also excited for how we'll be able to partner with the recovery house and for how we'll be able to show the love of Christ to the residents of the house throughout the rest of the year and hopefully even beyond. This whole experience has been incredibly impactful in, has been incredibly impactful for each of the girls involved. We are so encouraged by everything that happened today, and we hope that you'll be encouraged by it too. Thank you so much. So many were blessed. All the people at the recovery house had a fantastic Thanksgiving dinner, and I have heard that they, they did go back after. But those girls, they caught the vision of and are realizing how to care for one another well. And this is why I do what I do. This is why we do what we do, to hear a story like that. So such a blessing. So will you um, bow with me now? We'll pray and offer thanks, and then we'll move on. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for your abundant provision, whether it's what we receive in our hands by way of food or provision, or the way that we are blessed by how we, when we give and we are obedient to what you're calling us to do, how you prove faithful every time. You, you meet us and you bless us and you encourage us in our faith. You strengthen us. We are forever grateful. So we just thank you for the many people. This is one, just one story. There are many other stories out there of people who were very blessed on both sides of the holiday basket giving, and I thank you for your provision here at Hillcrest Chapel. Amen. Who works with the finance team at uh, the church here for the past 36 years now, and uh, it's interesting to see finance being such a uh, sort of a worldly thing, but it's so intertwined with ministry. As you've listened to some of these reports that you've heard, uh, the ministry that has been accomplished by God, but through you, God accomplishes his work through you. That's part of our role here. And the finances that are involved, of course, are an integral part of that. And so... Uh, give you a couple things additional about what you have accomplished in, by, by God's inspiration. Um, first of all, this is the year that we paid off the mortgage on this building. <laughs> Hillcrest Chapel is debt-free. Another thing that has been accomplished that this year is uh, we more than made budget in terms of the budgeted amount that we had planned for giving, that is what you provide to carry out this ministry. We exceeded what we had planned for. And in addition to that, the staff in managing the operating budget of the church was able to actually get the work done with less than we had planned in expenses. So that left a little bit of a cushion, which is kind of unusual for a church, and it has been you know, pretty tough on some of the years in the past for us. But one of the things that was accomplished as a result of that is our church council very graciously uh, had given our staff some bonuses 
to make up for the fact that over the, some of the past few years, uh, there has not been any funds for cost of living adjustments or the, any of that sort of thing. Wages have had to stay the same. And in addition to that, with Obamacare, we also lost our employer-provided insurance. And so these things, of course, weighed a little bit heavily on staff budgets, and the council was able to make up uh, for that uh, with some bonuses with the surplus created by your generosity as a result of God's blessing on you and the staff being able to uh, contain the expenses and still get the job done. So those are some really great things that have happened. Um, for myself, one of the things that I'm happy to say is finished the annual report is done. It's uh, on the information table, and of course we have our annual meeting coming Wednesday. Hope you all will attend that. Some important things will be done there, uh, but you can pick up one of the uh, uh, annual report flyers here, and a lot more of the detail about what happened is in there. Not only for the church, but for the campus ministry, uh, our Early Learning Center, Hillcrest Kids, and Royal Family Kids Camp as well. So, and you'll be approving the budgets for next year for those. We are so thankful to Jesus for what his, he's done this last year among us. It's really been amazing. The focus of our God story is finding and establishing a more comprehensive governance structure that's really well suited for Hillcrest Chapel and our various divisions. That is a huge blessing. We are thankful for God's provision of a consultant in Dr. John Zimmerman. His expertise has been invaluable in helping us to um, assess what we need and in introducing us to the governance system that we have now adopted last June, and many of you were present in that meeting. We are also thankful for God's provision in Brady Bobink, who has been serving part-time as a pastoral team lead for the Hillcrest staff for about 18 months. Brady's mentored the staff, he's developed their leadership, he's met one-on-one, -on -one, he's been in staff meetings, and he's brought his experience and counsel to encourage and empower them. The staff is functioning well as a team. Thank you, Brady. A final praise is the very meaningful fellowship the Hillcrest Council has been enjoying with, on a quarterly basis, with the staff members of the church, of the daycare, and of the campus ministry. The council members distribute ourselves among tables to host them. We visit over dinner. We pair up to share God stories with each other and pray. So every person present gets to share and connect with each other. It's been a unifying and thoroughly encouraging gift of time together. God is doing so much wonderful work in all three divisions of this church. We haven't even covered all of it today. If you are, uh, consider this your church home. I just lost my place. <laughs> so, He's done all kinds of wonderful things through Hillcrest, through the students and staff on the campuses, through the congregants and staff at the church, and through the daycare ministry to so many families. So if you consider Hillcrest Chapel your home church, 
please come to the business meeting. It is the following Wednesday, February 17th at 7 p.m. here. And if Hillcrest is your home church and you're not yet a member, please become members. This enables you to participate directly in elections at the business meeting and opens the door for you to serve on the Hillcrest Council and the nominating committee. The nominating committee is integral to the process of finding qualified council members and replace themselves to have nominating committee members for the next year. It's a one-year commitment. We need each other's gifts to function as a healthy church. We are very encouraged that more people have become members this last year than in the last several years. So if you would like to do so, please pick up a membership packet at the information booth out in the foyer. And finally, most importantly, please be in prayer for your council, for the various ministries of this church, and for each other, that we might hear and follow Jesus well. Thank you. Hello. Oh, there, there you go. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name's Tim, and I also serve on the pastoral team here. And I, uh, my, my role this morning is kind of wrap us up and particularly to talk about uh, the next year. And so I have a few predictions uh, for the next 12 months. Uh, I predict that uh, Carlo and I, our beards will begin having small creatures living in them <laughs> this time next year. I predict uh, by this time next year, Russell Wilson will be throwing touchdown passes to himself before the end of the year. I predict that the uh, Republican presidential candidates will stop having verbal debates and just begin having wrestling matches uh, before the end of the year. So, uh, the, uh, now don't hold me to these things, these future predictions. Um, no, I'm just... Uh, this morning, you know, we do the, we've done this Celebration Sunday the last, the last couple years, and... We are convinced, we're convinced uh, that what we celebrate is what will become. What we celebrate, that's who we're becoming. What we celebrate, that's what, that's what gets repeated, that's what gets done, that's what gets valued, and that's who we're becoming. This is a, this is a truism about human nature. This is, this, is true, this is true in my home when we're potty training. What we celebrate is what gets repeated. That's who we're becoming. <laughs> it's true in uh, classrooms. It's true on sports teams. It's true in families and friendships and workplaces. What we celebrate is what we really value. This is what really counts around here. You can say, oh, this counts, that counts. You can say that stuff counts. But what you celebrate, what you praise, that says this is what we're about. We... We want to be a community that is about what God is doing in and through our lives to change people's lives. We want to be about celebrating the right things. That's our heart of hearts. You know, we have a, uh, a tagline uh, at Hillcrest. Uh, Love God, grow people, care for the world. Uh, and we, we want to be about celebrating these things. We want to be about celebrating when people start to love God, when people fall deeper in love with giving God their entire heart, soul, mind, and strength, we want to notice it and celebrate it. 
When people are growing in maturity, when people start letting Jesus have access to all different parts of their lives that Jesus didn't have access to before, we want to notice that and celebrate it. When people start to get God's heart of care for this world, pushing back against injustice, stewarding his creation, announcing the good news of Jesus the Messiah to people who haven't heard yet, we want to notice that and celebrate it. And we, we, we as a pastoral team, we talk about this, celebrating the right things, celebrating the things that really count to God. And we are well aware that the, uh, the, the things that um, are official Hillcrest ministries are just the tippy top of the iceberg of what God is doing in and through this church family. We're well that that's true for last year and that's true for this next year. That in this next year, there are people in this room that will face incredibly difficult hardships. They'll face uh, things in their family, in their marriage, in work. They'll face sickness. And they will do it with integrity and honesty and tenaciously clinging to God. And we want to be a community that notices that faithfulness and celebrates it. We know in this next year, there are people in this room that will be asked by God to take real risk for Him. At work, stepping out of a role, stepping into a new role. In school, in friendship, someone that needs a hard word spoken, somebody that is open to listening about Jesus for the first time. And people in this room will take risks on behalf of God this year. We want to be a community that notices it and celebrates it. We know in this next year there will be people in this room that will, that will lovingly serve others in Jesus' name in unseen and mundane ways over and over and over again. Caring for family members, caring for friends, being in a school or workplace situation with people that you have a really hard time getting along with, but you continue to love in small ways. And we believe that is God at work in and through us. We want to notice it and celebrate it. What we celebrate is who we are becoming. We desire to be a community that celebrates God at work in and through us to change lives. God at work drawing worshipers to himself. God at work shaping people into the image of Jesus. God at work giving people his heart of care for this world. I wanna, what I want to do to wrap up is I would like to ask you to make a commitment this morning. I'm going to explain it to you, and then at the end, I'm going to ask, if you commit to this, I'm going to ask you to stand up. This is the commitment. We want to be a community that notices and celebrates the right things. So I'm going to ask you to commit to three things. One, that you would commit over the next 12 months to regularly pray. Pray for God's work to occur in and through you and those around you in this church family. First, pray. Second, that you commit over the next 12 months that you will pay particular attention. You have the spiritual discipline of paying attention, having eyes to see and ears to see 
ears to hear when God's kingdom begins to break through. Those, those things that often can get, we can get forgotten, but that you would be paying attention so that you're in a conversation with somebody. You say, hey, hold on a second. The, the way that you are handling this trial, I want you to know, I believe God is proud of you. That you would be paying attention. You would see it. And then thirdly, that you would celebrate it. That you would commit, when you see these things, you will celebrate them. And that doesn't mean necessarily big, kind of all community gathering things, but celebrate it in small ways. That you'd send somebody a note and say, the way that you serve inspires me. I want you to know that. You give a text or a phone call, a note or an email, just in conversation, and just say, I want you to know that the way you are handling this, I believe, really honors God. That we would celebrate God at work in and through us to change lives. So if, uh, if you are wanting to commit to those things, well, first let me say this. If you're, when we stand, if you don't feel comfortable committing to those, that's okay. I don't want this to be kind of a peer pressure awkward. I would rather you remain seated than kind of commit to something you don't really feel good about. And that's all right. There's plenty of good reasons to not stand for this. But if you are part of this family and you say, I want to be part of praying, of noticing, and celebrating God at work in and through us in this next year, would you please stand now? Do not underestimate the power of hundreds of people committed together to a common mission. I want to end with a word of blessing, and I want to end with a word of blessing over all of us. So even if you're not standing, would you please join us now? And I'd like to say a word of blessing over us as we go from this place. Hillcrest Chapel, church family. Uh, as you go this week, may you go with a heart of gratitude, an awareness, a remembrance of how God has been faithful to you and to us over these past 12 months. May you go knowing that the same God who has been at work continues to uphold us and will continue to be doing his redeeming work around you this next year. And may you go with a heart full of hope, hope to notice and to celebrate the work that God will continue to do through his spirit in the name of his son. Go in peace. Amen.